Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning, everybody. Is this working? Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. You know, it's the craziest thing. I don't get nervous about anything except this. Even announcements. When, they, when John will say, hey, do announcements, I get nervous because the, the weight of that I'm actually sharing God's word today just blows me away. I was a little giddy about it this morning because I can't believe that I'm actually getting the opportunity to do this. It's such a blessing. Um, you guys will notice as we go through these slides today, that's not my thing. So the fonts are different. Some of them won't fit on the pages. There's gaps, but we're going to get through this pretty good. I dimmed the light so I could see. I didn't realize how small I made some of the fonts, so I went and bought some extra strong readers this morning. So hopefully we get through this without me turning my back on all of you. I wore my chosen shirt today, so for the next hour and a half, I can remind all of you that you are chosen. We're all chosen. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because he's chosen us. So here at Pacific Point Church, our whole mission here is to live and love like Jesus, a relationship up with God, which is so important relationships with each other, and sharing our grace stories. User error. There we go. Um, You know, before I get started today, I want to share a little God story with you guys. I was taking my children to, to, I wanted my youngest children to know God. So I found, was taking them to a few churches and found a church that they liked, and it was Lighthouse Church. And that's where I, was, I met them before I came here. But the interesting thing about it is my first Californian friend that I met in March of 1985 is here today. Alvin and his wife, Roseanne, and his grandson are here today with us. Um, <clears throat> they drove up from San Diego. But the reason I share this, that this is a God thing, and after I had this incredible calling from God and I was wrestling with the fact of, is this real? You know, is this whole God thing real? I got myself fooling that there's something I needed a hole to fill and this is it. Well, Alvin and I had lost touch with each other for probably 15 years. And then I come into this relationship with God and I I can't stop thinking about Alvin. For some reason, I'm like, man, I... Alvin's on my heart every day, every day. So I'm down in San Diego one day, and I go in my old black book and find his mom's number. And then I can't remember exactly how I got to you, but I got to you. And I told, it was like we were both very happy to hear from each other. And I told him, man, I I, I would love to see you. So he said, come and see me. And the whole time, I can't wait to tell him where I'm at. Because I have to tell you, when I met Alvin, Alvin will tell you I was a bad influence on him. But him and I were both far from where we are now, you know. But I meet up with Alvin, and we're getting ready to catch up on 15 years. And I said, hey, man, I got to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. And he's like, what? I said, I handed my life over to God. I'm a changed man. And he looks at me, and he starts laughing. And I go, why are you laughing? He goes, I'm a pastor. (laughs) Right? But the, the, the really interesting thing about it is, He's at Lighthouse Church in San Diego. 
no coincidences. So I am just so full of joy to have him here today. Um, and then, hey, while I'm talking about some people, Rick's here today too. Rick's been cutting my hair for 37 years. Rick gets all the credit for this. Sorry, John. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about the journey we're on. <laughs> Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, two drink minimum, I'll be here. The, uh, we are so blessed in this church. And it's something that I want to talk about before I get started. Because uh, Melvin and I were at, at dinner the other night and we were talking. And I told him it's, it's interesting how when John's out of town and some of us get the opportunity to, to get up here and share the word of God, that Al, uh, Melvin's a teacher, and he is truly a teacher. When, Al, when Melvin gets up here, he, pre, he teaches. You know, John's a good mix of a preacher and a teacher, right? And then I told Melvin, well, I'm just that fool who's not scared to do what God's asked him to do. Right, Because the bottom line is, it's our job to be obedient. It's his job to get it done. So, But we are so blessed to have the church that we have here. There are so many strong Christians here. Should I move? You hear that echo? Echo, echo, echo. There are so many strong Christians here that are willing to pour into you as you enter into this, this walk with God, which is the journey I'm going to talk about today. I was blessed to be called to serve this church in John Blue. And I had John and Mark and then Melvin and a lot of strong people in this church to, to guide me along that way. And I think that's the biggest problem in the church as a whole nowadays is so many people are getting people excited about God, getting them to hand it over, but then no one comes and walks beside them to help them grow in their relationship with God. So I think that's just so important. Um, before I get started, I, I just want to pray real quick if you guys will join me in prayer. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for all that you're doing in this church and all that you've done in my life. I'm a humble servant of yours. I completely hand it over to you. I'm yours today. I pray that it's your words that come out of my mouth to reach those who you brought here today to hear it. So I just thank you for all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in a, it seems like every time I'm up here, I'm talking about death and birth. But it's interesting because in our world as Christians, death is birth. When Death is when life begins. This journey we're on is a very, very short piece. I heard a, a message the other day where the uh, pastor said, when you look on your tombstone, it's from this day to this date, and there's a dash. Our life is that dash. So the journey goes far beyond our life. And that's what we need to be getting prepared for. And that's why a church like this is so important. Um, birth is the start of the journey. You had no choice. You were born. It was all part of God's plan. Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. God gave us all this world and this calling the problem is, when do we find out what it is? You know, we were given a road map, but most people don't know they have a map. It could be the fault of a family that isn't into God. It could be fault no one's mentioned it. Most people, from what I've experienced, don't even know. Does anybody have their map today? Yes. Here it is. This is the map. 
Everything you need to know to get through this life is in this book. Now that we're in a technology age we're in, I'm going to call it GPS. Because when you're in tune with God, he's going to guide you. The Holy Spirit will, will, will let you know, hey, go this way, go that way. The, the question is, are we going to listen? Tony Evans is one of my favorite preachers. And I was listening to him the other day, and he goes, hey, don't call triple A, call triple G. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you're in trouble, call triple G. I kind of thought that was cool. Found a good place to squeeze it in there. Um, <clears throat> what happens with this is, unless we have someone come along us to help walk us through this, we could look this map all day, but we still don't know where we're going. Some people read this book and just read the book, and they're reading words on paper. And until they surrender and give their heart over to God, it's just a book. Okay. Like I said, we're put into this world blind. When you're born, you're going on this journey. It doesn't stop. There's nothing we could do to stop time. The devil's out there trying to put potholes in your way, uh, obstacles in your way. If we don't get in connection with God and we don't look at our map, we can't see him coming. Unfortunately, it takes a lot of us an awful long time to realize that there's a map. It took him 50 years to call me. I wish he would have called me a lot sooner. But I realize now that all the things that happened in my life were preparing me for what he's called me to do now. Like I said earlier, I, I would have, if, you know, I'm going to share something else with you guys. I shared my last message on surrender with a gentleman who worked with me for 19 years. And we were talking about it, and he says, oh, you're serious about this God thing, aren't you? I said, yeah, I definitely am. And he said, send me one of the, your messages. So I sent him that message. And I called him up a week later, and I said, hey, did you watch that message? He goes, Eddie, I watched it. And I said, um, what would you think? He goes, man, that was some good stuff. I was ready to send you some money. And he started laughing. He goes, but then every time I looked up and saw it was you, I just started cracking up and couldn't believe that God's got something to do with this. So, and then we joked about a prof, prophet not being recognized in his hometown, and it's so true. That's one of the reasons why we need to be a light to people everywhere we go, because a lot of times the people closest to us are going to be the ones that aren't going to hear you. They're still judging you on who you were. And Alvin could tell you, it's been a long way coming, brother. Um, we're misled by prosperity, in my opinion. You know, a lot of this is my opinion on things. All I have to share with you is the seven years I've been working with God. I haven't gone to seminary. I haven't had formal education. But I have opened up my heart my mind to God, and he gives me everything I need. And that's all I have to share with you guys today. But we're, we're misled by prosperity in this society we live in. That you have to make a lot of money. You got to do all this. You got to do all that. And then we get blinded by what's really important in, in the world. You know, we're always so busy working and getting to the next rung of that ladder that we're not really thinking about the things that are important outside of that. A lot of times we'll reach our pinnacle where we thought our brass ring was, where we thought was the place to be, realizing that it's empty because we weren't chasing the right goals. We weren't chasing the right thing. I want to share another one with you. I, I had a, an opportunity to, I was going to talk at a men's group at a church in Anaheim, and there was a gentleman there, Anthony Madison, that won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. And his story was impactful because he was raised in a church. 
walked away from the church to follow, pursue his football career. He wasn't the biggest guy, wasn't the, small, the strongest guy, but he had heart. Made it all the way to the Super Bowl and won it. And he shares this story that he was running around the stadium with that Super Bowl trophy and never felt as empty in his life and realized that he had been chasing the wrong thing, that he should have been sticking and giving his life to God. So he retired from the NFL, and now he spends his life sharing the word of God with people because he found out where the real value of having that relationship with God is. <clears throat> How do we receive our clear, I call it a map or GPS. This is something I made up. So I think our, it's our calling and our equipment that God has given us, and we talk about this all the time in this church, word they pray. When you get into the word every day and you talk to God every day and you pray every day and you open up your heart and God gets in there, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you and give you everything that you need. Proverbs 3, 6 says, seek in his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. I wish I would have had that book a long, long time ago because my path probably would have went in a different direction. I can't complain. I have this wonderful family, thanks to God. And if I would have found him sooner, I might not be where I am today. How do we receive our map and calling? I love this one the most. Surrender. It seems like every time I'm up here, I get to talk about surrender. Until you surrender, you're not going to hear him. Because none of this world is ours. Everything we have is God's. Everything we walk on is God's. All of our possessions are God's. Most of us just don't real, realize that. He's given you what you have for one reason or another. The question is, when will you figure out why or what he's given it to you for? Until you realize that it's not me, 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 and my, 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 and it's his, 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 your world will change, I assure you. Everything changes. The next time you're thinking about this whole wrestling with God, Realize that this is his. This whole world is his. He's put us here for a reason. And he's got a calling for you and something that he wants you to do that is beyond, beyond anything we could comprehend. I'm grateful that I said yes. Because I have a joy in my life now that I, I had never had. I used to joke in between things I was doing with people that I played cards with that I was going to be a preacher or a politician. And everybody said, well, what kind of politics? Not once did someone ask me, what are you going to preach? Everybody, what kind of politician are you going to be? That was the other thing about Matt, the young man who heard my message and said he can't grab it because it was me telling it to him. At the end of our conversation, he says, you know what, Eddie, I got to tell you this, though. You could sell anything. He goes, so I get it. He goes, the church and God's work is just like business. You're selling and I told him, I said, Matt, I'm not selling anything. I'm sharing salvation, and I'm trying to save people's lives. There's a big difference. One of the things I preached to all my salespeople and people that work with me at that time is that do you believe in the product that we're selling? And I'm talking about business now, not Jesus. Do you believe in the product you're selling? Because if you believe in what you're selling, you're sharing. And sharing is a lot easier than selling. When we all look in our hearts and see what God has given us, this should be easy to share. You know, it's, in, it's incredible what, that we're given this gift and a lot of us just can't seem to share it. I, was, I met with uh, Jake the other day. 
and we were at Pandor, and I was talking to him about how good their, um, hey, baby, what are those cookies I like? You know the French cookies? Macaroons, right? Macaroons, is that it? Those things are so good, right? But I told him, I said, hey, man, you'll have a macaroon, you'll love it, and you'll tell everybody all day, you got to go to Pandora. These macaroons are incredible, right? But we're given this incredible gift by God, and we don't want to share it. I don't understand why is that, you know? Um, but again, remember that this is his. You know, I got an awful lot of time to try to kill today. But um, I wore this today, like I said, so you could see. I'm going to stretch this out about to about 1130. Um, let me go back a minute. I skipped something. When I talked about receiving the equipment God's given you, that was what I was talking about getting into that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because when you start to hear from him, he's going to give you everything that you need. You know, I've put myself in situations because I will talk to anybody about anything. But God has never put me in a situation when I listened and was obedient to what he was telling me to do where I got into a conversation with someone and I wasn't prepared. I've, when I first came in this walk, I was calling John every day. You guys are probably tired of hearing this. Hey, I met this guy today and I told him this. Was that right? And John's like, Ed, that was right. And then I met this guy today. I shared the word out of Matthew. Was this right? And he goes, yeah, that was right. So after a couple weeks, he finally told me, would you stop calling me? He goes, haven't you learned by now that God's got you? He goes, I have to tell you, it's amazing to me some of the things you call me up and tell me you shared with people because I know you don't know yet. But God's got you, and I believed he had me, and I gave it to him, and he gave me everything that I need. I, I can't stress enough how much I wish everyone would be able to experience that, and I know a lot of you are. Uh, it says in the word that he will give us what we need. If we walk out into this world doing this fight for God every day, he's going to equip us. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the whole armor of God. You're armed every day. I'm gonna, this is a, a long one, but I'm going to read this to you guys. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth in the body of armor, God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation of your helmet and take the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message of God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Those chains and cuffs were Paul, not me. Paul was in jail at the time when he wrote this from what I understand. 
But this says it right there. God's giving you everything that you need. He's going to arm you with everything that you need. And Jesus, invite Jesus into your heart and put up your antennas. I talk all the time about putting up your antenna. What channels are you listening to? What are you listening to? You know, are you focused every day on social media? Are you watching Instagram? Are you, everything you put in is what you're going to get out. If you're constantly putting in this stuff, I like to call it because we're in church, um, that's what you're going to get out of it. You know, if you, if you put up your antennas to listen to what God's telling you and tune into God's channels, he's not going to steer you wrong. And he's always going to give you what you want. If there's anybody here today that hasn't received God or wants to receive God into their heart, it is this easy. Romans 10.9. If, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <clears throat> For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You could say this to yourself. You could jump up and say it out loud. You could say it as many times in your life as you want, but it's that simple. It's that simple to hand it over to God and invite him in and get what he has waiting for you. I'll ask everybody, look in the mirror. What channels are you playing? What are you getting out of what you're listening to now? What is the, the, the things you're pumping into your brain providing you at this time? The more you connect with God and the more you let him in, the more you build this relationship and become closer to him, the more clearly his mission for you will be to you. And I think that's really when you find your calling, you know. But don't judge your time by someone else's time. Like I said, it took 50 years of him putting me through the grinder to finally show me what he called me to do. Some people I know in their, their teens, they find God and God connects with them. And, but don't judge your calling and your walk and your life with God on anybody else's because we're all individual. He has a different plan for all of us. Um, trust in Jesus and he will reveal your calling to you. Some of us need a recall. We're like, we're all like old cars. We need a recall. I know some people in this church that came to God 20, 30 years ago. Handed it over, were on fire for a year or so, and then now they're what I call complacent Christians. I don't mean to convict anybody, but I, I'm still on fire. I was, Melvin had mentioned what was the day that, that you handed it over. June 5th of 2016 was a day that changed my life forever. I had this calling from God. I said yes, and I haven't looked back yet, and every day of the, of the week, I can't wait to get out and talk about God. I walk out of my house every day and ask God, what are we going to do today? And not one day has he let me down. So I, I highly, highly suggest that talk to God. For those of you who don't, it's simple. You don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to know Bible verses. You don't have to, to be proficient in the Bible. All you got to do is talk to him. He's waiting for you. Like some of the scripture says, will God know your name? Will he know you? You know, when we get to that point where, where we're at judgment, we're in front of him, will he know who you are? It's as simple as talking to him. The other thing that I think is so important that we forget is he's paid for your salvation and all that you need on the cross, and that's forever. We've already won. When you hand your life over to God and accept the salvation that is given us and the grace which is free, 
you've won. There's nothing in this world that is going to give you more than God's grace and the salvation we were given by handing it over to him. But it doesn't end there. What are we doing with it? Timothy 3.15. You should know this, Timothy, that in last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others, have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They'll be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Does that sound familiar to anybody? No? I'm the only person that that sounds familiar to? Either I'm putting you guys to sleep or you're just so intense with what I'm doing. If that doesn't sound like what's going on in the world today, I don't know. You know, I'm not a doomsdayer. I do believe that we may be approaching the end of times from everything that I read. If we look into Revelations, we could, be, we could do a whole six-month series on Revelations. But if you look at this and look at where the world is today, think about it. What are you waiting for? Death. I love this part. I always talk about death because I've learned that death is life. We celebrate our birthdays every year and we get excited about our birthdays. We should be thinking about when our death day is. And the reason I say that is when you're called up to judgment, you know, speaking of revelations, and for those of you who are much deeper into the word, I'm an infant Christian. I've only been at this seven years. But in revelations, it says in the second coming of God, he will reign for a period of time. We don't know exactly what that period of time is, but he will reign for a period of time. And in that time, we will answer to God for what we've done on this earth. And from what I understand, according to what you've done, what your works were, what you've done to further the kingdom of God, will place you where you're going to be. There'll be rewards for you. You may be just sitting on the sideline. Don't worry. You're not going to hell because salvation and God's grace was free. You've already won the battle. You're going to heaven. But in that time that God is back here before he leaves again, you are going to be judged and rewarded accordingly. How are you going to answer God when you're at judgment and he says, uh, servant, what have you done for me? You know, it reminds me of Matthew 25. I put that talents up there just so I want to forget. But it's funny that in the word of God, the, do you guys familiar with Matthew 25, the three servants that the master all gave them something to, to serve him while he was gone? If you think about it, every story in the Bible is a repeat of another story told in a different way so that everyone can understand it. The master in the story was Jesus. Jesus left. He left his disciples to do his work. Right? In the, in the story in the Bible, he gave them talents. I did a little research on this, and from what I found out, a talent in today's world would be about a million dollars. Why I look at it is, 
our time, our talents, and what we could do are the talents that he's given us. They're not monetary. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> My daughter is laughing at me. When, uh, when Jesus comes to you and says, hey, good and faithful servant, what have you done? Are you going to panic? Or is he going to go, thank you, well done, and reward you accordingly? Like I said, don't stress because we're all going to heaven. Well, some of us are. The, uh, Jesus has armed you with all you need. What are you going to do with it? Beautiful. Thessalonians 5, 2, 8. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things. They're brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness and the night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is a time when people sleep and drunkards get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. In other words, get ready. We don't know when it's going to be. You know, if you look back in the stories of the Bible, like I said, there's so many stories that are the same story. If we go back to Noah, God commissioned Noah to build this ark and save everyone, right? Why? Because the world had become so bad, he was getting ready to flood it and start over, right? All the people in the area where Noah was building this ark, how come there weren't people fighting to get in that ark? Because they were so wrapped up in what they were doing and didn't realize what was going on. Well, once that ark door closed and the flood started coming in, everybody's running to the, to the, to the ark. Too late, right? We don't know when the end of times will start, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. So what are we waiting for? Don't keep waiting. It's going to be too late. Same thing with Sodom and Gomorrah with uh, Lot, right? Lot's going back and forth with God about saving this city. It was so bad, God says, no, we're wiping us out. Sodom said, okay, gathered his family, and they left, right? It's just like when we die and are reborn we turn, repent, we hand it over, and we walk in a different direction, right? But a lot of times what happens is we can't stop thinking about the things we did before, and it drags you back in. John talks about it all the time. We take three, four steps forward, one, two steps back. Well, Sodom's wife couldn't let go that easy, and when she turned around, what happened? Pile of salt, right? We got to keep our eye on the Lord. Same thing today. Everything I've been talking about today, the scripture we just read that is pretty much defining what's going on in the world today is happening. And what are we doing? Are we getting prepared? Are we handing it over? Are we doing what God's called us to do? Or are we going to wait until it stops and go, oh, I wish I would have done it. Oh, I wish I would have done this. Don't wait till tomorrow. You know why it hasn't happened yet? And this is my opinion. Most of what I talk about you'll find in the Bible. But this is my opinion. God is a patient God. 
God wants to save as much of us as he can. He wants us to save as many of the people in the world as we can. And that's why this hasn't happened yet, in my belief. But like I said, we don't know when. When's that day going to come? When's the day God's going to come back? Are you prepared? Word day pray. Right back to where we come full circle again. Same thing every time one of us is up here. Word day pray. We want everyone to have a relationship with God. John Blue talks sometimes, it brings me to tears, that at one point I was that one, right? Now I got a number of ones that I try to get a hold of and talk with every day. If we all do what God has called us to do, we might be able to make this a little bit better and get as many people saved as we can. Are we preparing for the end of times? What are we doing to prepare ourselves? You got to ask yourself that question. When chasing our goals and our aspirations, don't lose sight of our focus. Our focus should be on God. I talk about this all the time. It's just like when Peter stepped in the water and walked on the water until what? He looked down, lost sight of God, and he sank. It's the same thing in our lives. All these stories just keep repeating themselves. And if you really think about it, you could apply yourself to every story in the Bible because it's all about the same thing. Every day focus on our walk with Jesus. Word day pray. I guarantee you, trust me, and if you do this, you'll reap the rewards of it. Every day we should be building our strength and hope in Jesus. You know, it's funny. I wanted to get all excited today. And it's almost like we're at a funeral. But seriously, we should be excited about this, you know. But every day we should be building our strength and hope in Jesus. Because in the bottom line, that's all we got. You know, none of the politicians are going to be there for you. The lottery more than likely isn't going to be there for you. Not only that, if you won, what do you get? You never see a, a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? Can't take none of it with you. I have found a different focus in my life that I, I used to watch John Blue not care about any possessions. And he used to trip me out. You know, when I first came along with him, we gave him some little motorized cars that we had for Major and, and for the kids. And then I go to John's house, they're gone. I go, hey, man, what happened to that little motorized car I gave you? He goes, I gave it to the uh, gardener. And I go, why would you do that? He goes, because I don't care. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, Ed, it doesn't serve anyone. And I was like, man, at that time, I felt like hitting him. <laughs> but, but now I realize it really doesn't matter. None of this stuff matters. Whoever's got the nicest car, doesn't matter. Whoever's got the nicest house, doesn't matter. None of it matters. We're all going to be in the same hole. And I pray to God that all of you will be in heaven with me. But none of this stuff matters. You know, if you've been blessed, he who is given and uses it properly will be given more. Right? If you're one of these people who's been blessed with a lot, help people. Share it. You know, for those of us who might not have a lot of extra discretionary stuff to give away, we have something so much more valuable and we're keeping it to ourselves. Share what God has given us. We should have an urgency about this. Like I said, we don't know when this will be. Could be next week, could be next month, could be next year. Are you going to be sitting in your house shaking in your boots because you shoulda, coulda, woulda? 
Commit your works and ways to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will give you everything that you need. Like when I was a kid, I was adopted by one of my uncles. He didn't have a lot of money to begin with. I look back at it now. We didn't have everything we wanted, but we always had everything we needed. Put your trust in God. You'll always have everything that you need. Like I said, he may return tomorrow. I, put, I went through the Bible and was just looking through, through different uh, verses in the Bible that kind of pull a little bit about what I was talking about today. And I'm going to share a few of them with you. And then we'll kind of wrap this up. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat? What will you drink? Nor about your body. What will you put on it? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Proverbs 5, uh, 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make all your ways straight. Proverbs. There, this goes on and on and on if you actually get into the Bible. But I just chose like eight of them. Proverbs 16.3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It's exactly what I've been talking about. If you can't figure out what it is that you've been called to do, even in your life, even without God, some of us feel lost. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Hand it over. He will tell you. He'll show you. Uh, Psalm 16, 7 and 8. Bless the Lord who gives me counsel. And the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be shaken. It's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Trust him and he's got you. He's not going to put you in anything that, that is going to be detrimental to you because he's got you. Psalms 37.5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Our job is to be obedient. I think I might have said that earlier. God will get the job done. Our job is to be obedient and do what he's asked us to do because it's all part of his larger overall plan. Psalms 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I can't say enough to hand it over. We're the church, everybody. This is what we're called to do. We're his disciples. We're the 12 he's sending out of today's time. And if you look at some of the scripture I shared with you today, it's actually a little scary what's going on. So whether it's uh, fear or just the joy of wanting to serve the Lord, I suggest that we all get to it. I'm going to end with this. Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Jesus died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And I hope we are already doing it. I mentioned earlier that God gave it all up for his, for his son. Jesus gave it all up for us on the cross. That might have happened 2,000 years ago, but it doesn't mean it ended 2,000 years ago. Him giving up his body and, and his blood for us and covering our sins is as active today as it was 2,000 years ago. So when you're out and about every day, don't forget that. Don't forget what Jesus has done for us. 
What he's asking us to do for him is that dash. Very small. Let your walk be your talk. I can't say this enough. We talk about it all the time. Let your walk be your talk. Don't be one of those self-righteous religious people who are out batting everybody down and telling them, God, you're a sinner and this and that. The difference between religion and faith is faith will walk along you and lift you up. Right? A lot of religious types, and for some of you who might be religious types, I apologize, but they want to tell you why you're wrong. They want to tell you why you're sinning. They want to, let's be people of faith. Let's walk alongside people and lift people up. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care where they are. A little kindness is all it takes. You being kind to someone is all God needs is to sprinkle a little spirit on them. So let your walk do your talking. Um, thank all of you. Man. I don't have a little. You know, it's funny. Mindy asked me to bring out little Jesus, right? I lost all my little Jesuses. I found a little Jesus in a pizza shop one time, right? You guys remember? We're trying to figure where does little Jesus come from, right? So I went on Alibaba. I went on all the sites. I went to vending machine companies trying to find little Jesus, right? Because it looked like he was holding a cell phone. So I was telling the kids that he's checking your Instagram. You better watch it. But when I was about during my day, I'd get to talking to people, and I'd go, hey, man, I got just what you need. And I'd reach in my pocket, and I'd make like I'm looking for something. And everybody's wondering, because I'm kind of a nut, everybody's wondering, what's he going to pull out of his pocket? You know, a lot of people thought I was going to pull out a double flip like Mindy. But um, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd pull out a little Jesus. And I saw all you need is a little Jesus, right? Well, one day, obviously, someone needed my little Jesus more than I did because he's gone. But, uh, but anyway, let's all share a little Jesus, you know. Um, we're going to end in communion today. I hope all of you enjoyed this message. Um, when I look at communion, I look at this as our chance to continue to enter into this covenant with God. I think when God broke the bread and shared it with his disciples, they were all following him, not really knowing what was about to happen. They joined in communion with him because that's what he told them to do. We have a choice. We know what God did for us. We know what communion means. So I just encourage everyone, take a minute, talk to God, invite him into your heart, and uh, have communion. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed day.